The author's principal engine prevents the story from ever languishing, and it is so often contrasted by pity that the mind is kept up in a constant vicissitude of interesting passions. Some persons may perhaps think the characters of the domestics too little serious for the general cast of the story, but besides their opposition to the principal personages, the art of the author is very observable in his conduct of the subalterns. They discover many passages essential to the story, which could not be well brought to light but by their naivety and simplicity. In particular, the womanish terror and foibles of Bianca in the last chapter conduce essentially towards advancing the catastrophe. It is natural for a translator to be prejudiced in favour of his adopted work. More impartial readers may not be so much struck with the beauties of this piece as I was. Yet I am not blind to my author's defects. I could wish he had grounded his plan on a more useful moral than this, that the sins of the fathers are visited on the children to the third and fourth generation— I doubt whether, in his time, any more than at present, ambition curbed its appetite of dominion from the dread of so remote a punishment. And yet this moral is weakened by that less direct insinuation that even such anathema may be diverted by devotion to St. Nicholas. Here the interest of the monk plainly gets the better of the judgment of the author. However, with all its faults— I have no doubt, but the English reader will be pleased with a sight of this performance. The piety that reigns throughout, the lessons of virtue that are inculcated, and the rigid purity of the sentiments exempt this work from the censure to which romances are but too liable. Should it meet with the success I hope for, I may be encouraged to reprint the original Italian, though it will tend to depreciate my own labour. Our language falls far short of the charms of the Italian, both for variety and harmony. The latter is peculiarly excellent for simple narrative. It is difficult in English to relate without falling too low or rising too high, a fault obviously occasioned by the little care taken to speak pure language in common conversation. Every Italian or Frenchman of any rank piques himself on speaking his own tongue correctly and with choice. I cannot flatter myself with having done justice to my author in this respect. His style is as elegant as his conduct of the passions is masterly. It is a pity that he did not apply his talents to what they were evidently proper for, the theatre. I will detain the reader no longer, but to make one short remark. Though the machinery is invention and the names of the actors imaginary, I cannot but believe that the groundwork of the story is founded on truth. The scene is undoubtedly laid in some real castle. The author seems frequently, without design, to describe particular parts. The chamber, says he, on the right hand— the door on the left hand, the distance from the chapel to Conrad's apartment. These and other passages are strong presumptions that the author had some certain building in his eye. 
curious persons who have leisure to employ in such researches may possibly discover in the Italian writers the foundation on which our author has built. If a catastrophe at all resembling that which he describes is believed to have given rise to this work, it will contribute to interest the reader and will make The Castle of Otranto a still more moving story. Sonnet To the Right Honourable Lady Mary Cook The gentle maid whose hapless tale these melancholy pages speak, Say, gracious lady, shall she fail to draw the tear adown thy cheek? No, never was thy pitying breast insensible to human woes. Tender, though firm, it melts distressed, for weaknesses it never knows.